Welcome to Story Talking, episode 14. This episode, my guest is Maria Lourdes, aka Miss Melancholia. Now, Maria is a college student in the Philippines, and she wrote the story to the girl who's hurting, which is one of the most popular stories we've had on Launcher over the past few, past couple months, I think. And it's also now a listen story on the listen page, which you can listen to right now. That's the three times I've said listen. So, uh, yeah, we talk about her story. We talk about how she got into creating, uh, performing spoken word poetry, where she finds the inspiration to talk about these things, how she deals with her depression. We also briefly discuss if and how uh, Launchora should get into making community short films together. So I hope you like this episode. Here is episode 14 of Story Talking with Miss Melancholia. Um, currently, I am a third year college student okay. at, here in Manila, Philippines. Okay. I'm taking a Bachelor of Science in Physical Therapy. In physical therapy? Yeah, usually. Yes. Okay. And it's what's... for rehabilitation. Okay, so you, you, is that the goal that you want to work with people in when they're in rehab, physical rehab? Yes. Okay. Um, specifically in sports rehabilitation because that's what I like to do most about sports. Okay. I actually started writing sports about sports stuff before I jumped into here. The kind really? of thing that I'm writing about now. Yeah. So when did you, do you remember the first time you wrote something? How old were you? I can't really remember, but... <laughs> that's a good thing. I think, <laughs> yeah, that's good. I can't even really remember, but what I remember is I was just, before I used to be a frustrated writer. Mm -hmm. I keep on joining journalism classes, I keep on joining essay writing contests, but I never win. But it's okay, it's just for the experience. Right. Just for me to write. Yeah. But actually loved writing more when I turned fourth year high school because I was I became a sports editor and then when I went to college I applied for the school publication my college right now, mm -hmm. but I wasn't able to enter it because I don't know, there was a problem with the administration, but it's okay because they keep getting me, but I didn't want it. Right. And if it wasn't because of that, I wouldn't discover a lot more about writing. It's actually a good thing that I didn't enter the school publication because I've discovered a lot more about yeah. writing, about different genres, about poetry and all that. Yeah, that, that happens a lot. You're Sometimes when you think you really want something and you don't get it, you know, of course, it, it's not the best thing. But then later you realize that you got something different out of not having that experience. Yes. When did you, when did you join Longora? When was that? Yeah, <laughs> I think it was just this year, 2017. This year? Okay. I just saw it, yes. I just saw it at Facebook. It was one of the advertisements. Okay. And I was curious about it, so I tried it. I downloaded it at the App Store, and 
I tried posting my first piece there. My first piece that I posted on Anchara. I'm right. I think that was NPP. That was a spoken okay. word piece. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it didn't get a lot of punches. Okay. Yeah, that happens in the beginning. Yeah. The beginning. Yeah. So, and this thing that you wrote, is that something you had already written and performed before? Or what was that? Um, when I posted online Chora, I haven't, it was just like a fresh finished. Okay. I just finished it for like a week. Right. And then I was, but I was able to perform it this, I think this last August or October. Okay. I performed it in, I performed it in an open mic at school and it went well actually. That's good. So was that the first time you had done uh, spoken word? Yes, okay. I write a lot about spoken word poetry, but it's my first time to perform it in a crowd. Like, yeah. I perform in front of my friends, in front of my brothers, but I never really get to perform in front of a crowd. And I think the population of that was our whole college, yeah. about 500 people and all that. Okay. But it went well. So wait, because 500 people were there? More or less, I think, yes. That's because, amazing. Yeah. And you were... I was kind of nervous. Yeah, like I was thinking, like, were you... Did you feel any nervousness before? And then did it go away? Or were you nervous during the whole thing? At first, I was okay. really nervous. Like, I already memorized the whole piece. But when I performed, I was holding on my phone, reading mm -hmm. it, because... Of course, I was shy to be embarrassed in front of many people. Yeah. And I wanted my first open mic to went well. So what I did is I had a little cheat code on my phone. Okay. So I read it, but it's okay. Yeah. You don't Everything have to memorize well. it. Yeah. But it's so, much better if you do really memorize it. Well, yeah, because it's because then you're focused on performing it and not reading it. Yes. So when you were when you were writing it, did you know that this was something you wanted to perform? Actually, no. I never really imagined myself performing because I was once a shy girl. Okay. Um, writing boosted my confidence because I don't know. It just then happened. I never really liked writing that much, not unless at college, because I was depressed. Was this Because I wasn't able school? to end. Yes, because of school. Okay. My, my first year in college. Okay. What I said earlier, I wasn't able to get into the school publication, and right. I was sad about myself. I, I didn't feel good enough, because I think I had, I had the ability, I had the skill. But why is it that I wasn't able to enter the publication? And then there were issues about the administration that didn't went well. So what I did was just to accept the fact that maybe it wasn't really for me. Mm -hmm. And then I had huge crisis in the family, about myself, about college stuff. So, you know, the usual thing that college girls or every college student go into. Yeah. And... I discovered spoken word poetry. It just, writing saved me. 
since then, every time I feel sad, yeah. every time I feel depressed and all that, I just write and it drives away. It drives my depression away. It drives all my sadness away. You know, that, that's one thing that I noticed about, about the stories you wrote because I, I read some of them. I mean, I remember reading at least a couple over the summer. The, okay. I mean, the one you submitted as your listen story, that one I remember reading, The Girl Who's Hurting, To The Girl Who's Hurting. Actually, actually that piece wasn't for me. I didn't wrote it for myself. I wrote it for a friend. Yeah. Because she and her boyfriend just kind of broke up, and I wanted her to feel good about herself. Yeah. No, I think that, that's what... That's what's really interesting about that I I think I saw as a as a thing and through a lot of the stuff you wrote is that you're even though of course you know you're writing all these things to help to heal yourself but almost everything you were writing you were talking to the audience like you're not just talking about yourself you're talking to whoever in the audience is feeling that way and I think that's that's really I think that's why people kind of connect to what you're saying because you're talking directly to them and you're you're letting them you're letting them in on how you're feeling and you're kind of giving them something to relate to and even having I think it just draws in the audience a little bit more if they feel like you're talking to them is that something that you you noticed that you were writing stuff like that Actually, I didn't really notice that. I mean, I just write. I just want to reach out to people. I never really thought that that piece would reach to a lot of audience. Yeah, I think a lot of that was that really one, A lot of people read that one. Yeah, there were a lot of comments saying. Actually, I posted it in another international magazine. I submitted it, mm -hmm. and I received two emails, two girls. Mm -hmm. Um, one was, she just, I think she was in a relationship with his boyfriend for four years and then they just broke up and then she was thanking me because it made her realize her worth. Um, it made her realize that the relationship was already toxic and she was thanking me for opening her eyes. Yeah. And then same as the other girl, she was really thanking me because she made she she believed that she has a chance to heal again, wow. that she's worthy despite everything that happened. Mm -hmm. So you it's know, it's just overwhelming. When yeah, so when when people are, I mean, you obviously you don't expect people to come so strongly about you know to talk about to relate to what you were saying, and so many people read it, and so many people were liking and commenting it. Did you? How did you feel when when that started happening? When you were like, okay, this is more than the people I know. This is this. These are thousands of people. At first, it was really saturating. I was overwhelmed by everything that I've I've been reading, everything that I've been receiving. Yeah. I feel blessed, and it kind of motivated me to like write more. Yeah. Because if you hear a lot of people's, a lot of people saying that you write well, that that it helped them that it was a nice story, that it was great, you wrote it very well like that. Mm -hmm. It will inspire you and motivate you to write further. It would be like a new inspiration for you to write. 
That's really cool. I think the, I think the, what I think was very, uh, I mean, the reason that I wanted, I wanted to have you on this episode too was, I think more and more people on launch or are, are where, are where you are. A lot of people are your age. I think we have a lot yes. of people, like most of the people are like 13 to 24 on Lonjora and I think the things you were saying were were just people, yeah they Relatable were people, to what yeah, exactly they were resonating with, with what you were saying it felt like you were I mean this is one thing that I definitely like to tell I, I, I write in that way too and I read your guide the guide that you sent today I read that too and okay. I think the I think the thing you're good at and the thing that I really like about writers like you is that you're, you're hooking the audience to, to listen to you and you're not doing it because you want attention. I mean, that's not the, that's not the intention. Of course, having attention is great, but I think what you're, what you're able to do is you're able to make them feel like they are involved in this story. And the, and I think you said this in your guide too, you said that you, if you, especially about the spoken word poetry thing, if you, if you say things that if you, you choose the right title, if you choose the right opening line, you're able to draw people in and they kind of then feel like I have to finish reading this because I'm, I'm, I'm hooked now. I think that was a really good piece of advice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. So how do you, how do you think that you got I mean, of course, like there's, you have to first have the courage to share personal feelings. That's always the hard part. But I mean, like you said that it kind of helped you feel better about yourself when you were sharing all these things. But do you feel that the, like, why do you think there are, there's that hesitation to share something personal online? Actually, it's not really hesitating for me because um, personally, I'm a very straightforward person. I say, I say what I think that is right. I say what I feel. I'm not really broadcast about everything. Mm-hmm. It's just that sometimes you just need to tell someone the truth. And that's what I'm trying to do when I write. I just tell them the truth. Because I think more people could relate to the truth rather than saying lies, making, making them believe, false believe about things that aren't true, things mm-hmm. that aren't going to happen. That's why most of the time I really like sharing my personal experiences because I think um, for people like me, especially in Lanchara, as what you said earlier, they're on my age bracket. Yeah. Um, we've got to experience the same thing. That's why maybe a lot of people could relate to everything that I write because they also experience it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the, I think, okay, I have, I have actually have a different question. The, where did okay. this, where did your, where did your name come from? Cause I know you, I remember you wrote about melancholy, melancholy and you, your uh, okay. name is Miss <laughs> Melancholy, right? Yeah. So okay. you wrote, I think yeah. it was about things to know before you meet a person who is, who, I don't remember. I think, but it was, it was about melancholy, <laughs> right? There was a story you wrote. 
Yeah. So where did that? I think from? that was the ten reasons why you shouldn't date a melancholic. Oh, you shouldn't. Yes, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I'll okay. cut out the part where I don't um, remember it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, as I said earlier, I've I've already told you that I got depressed when I was in first year college. Yeah. And that was depression as a name. Yeah. <laughs> it is called melancholy. Um, it's it's about feeling extreme melancholy, extreme loneliness, and that's what my depression is. It's melancholia. Um, I never, I like. I mean, it's not good to have to be depressed. Because it's it's gonna kill you inside. Mm -hmm. It's gonna ruin you as a person. But I'm thankful that I I got to experience that because I've learned a lot of things. I wouldn't be the person that I am today without it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of embrace that. I, I kind of I embrace that illness, that mental right. disorder, because I wanted to show people that I'm a melancholic person. But I, here I am thinking about positive things. Here I am standing in front of you, talking, mm -hmm. doing this, and still feel good about myself because I know that mental disorder or just isn't it is it is not something you just draw off. Right. I mean, it's really hard to overcome that, but it takes a lot of courage, a lot of perseverance, hope for you to be able to conquer it and I don't know. I just kind of like that experience that it happened to me. Mm -hmm. It was an eye opener. It was something that opened me to the real world. Something that welcomed me to the world that I am today. So it's like you you had this what you know people put such a negative um, image on on depression. I think that's really interesting that you you saw this thing that you know the world is telling you is a weakness because it's it's said to be this you know melting illness and it is serious, but I guess because you you embraced it in a way that you started writing about it and you started sharing it, you kind of made it not a you kind of made it a strength that this is who I am and yeah. this is how I feel yeah. and I'm not going to be ashamed to talk about it. Yeah, you yeah. That's pretty. It was just accepting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the 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 fact that you're you're an eighteen year old writing about you know how you feel, writing about love and writing about all these things, is that something that I mean? Because it's something that you probably have seen like people on launch or write about quite a lot, and you'd see a lot yes. of teenage teenage stories about well. For them, they're just that's just how old they are. But for me, like as an older person, I sometimes am like, I I kind of am getting an idea. I'm learning a little bit about what people, young people are going through right now. But to you, like as 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 a reader and as a writer, like how do you feel when you see all these people being so honest about what's what they're feeling about their their love life, their dating life? Actually, it's kind of fascinating because you don't get to hear or you don't get to read people sharing about about how happy or how lonely they are in their relationship, how toxic it is, how it's not working. I think it takes a brave soul just to honestly say the truth. 
-hmm. because we tend to you know keep it into ourselves making ourselves believe that that it just go like this that it's normal but apparently it's not yeah i'm really proud of those writers or those people who share about their heartbreaks about how it failed and how they conquered it how they get up and live again despite of everything that happened do you feel that you have kind of because i mean it's it's one thing that i'm still getting used to is that because when i started launcher it was not a it was not a community it was just a place to write and it wasn't until like last year that i started getting this idea that i think we are better when we embrace the community element where it like the internet is such a lonely place altogether anyway i like the idea of seeing people connect to each other so do you feel that it's a little like how do you think being giving people this community has do you think it's like it's a like i mean i think it's a good thing but how do you feel about like being a part of a community full of people who are pretty much strangers but i guess you you find some way of connecting actually it's nice when you connect with other people because you be shocked when when you realize that you two are experiencing the same thing even if you don't know really each you don't know each other really well mm-hmm. even if you're complete strangers even you're from the different parts of the world it's just amazing that you could relate to what you're feeling and every time i read stories at lunchara where it speaks about what i feel i feel you know relieved that oh it's not just me that who experienced this kind of pain it's not just me who experienced this kind of situation yeah. there are a lot of people who also do the same like that so i think it's not that is really a good thing about connecting about community because you get to know um people from different parts of the world mm-hmm. knowing that despite the distance despite you don't know each other that much you get to feel the same thing because it's something that happens naturally it's something that happens in this in our world today So this is one thing that happened with me when I was uh younger. I used to like I I grew up on TV and movies. Like I I saw everything as a kid. But it took me a long time to to see myself as someone who would one day write that stuff, you know? I I I'm not I was I never knew, like even when I was like 6 7 years old I loved watching movies. but it wasn't until like okay. 15 years later 20 years later that i was like oh you know maybe i could do that there was always this this fascination but i had no idea that that's something you could do i just thought like really clever people it's just amazing right that stuff. when <laughs> when you don't think that you can do it but yeah. you can actually do it oh it's it's so freeing completely did like did you do you have that Did you have that feeling that oh god I can like was there like this realization like oh god I'm not a bad writer like I'm not bad at this Yes 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 <laughs> same same feeling because I really never thought that I get to feature like this that I will have a lot of people who would read my work someday because I know in myself that I wasn't a good writer because 
of course, um, the past experiences that I have that I never yeah. really won any competition. I wasn't really chosen for journalism competition outside school, inter school like that. Well, as I pass by, you just learn, mm-hmm. learn the craft, and you get to realize that oh, oh my God, I can improve. I did yeah. improve. I can do this now, unlike before, like that. I think that that's like that's kind of my. I'm glad you feel that way because that's kind of what my what my mission was to. Like I can understand why people feel discouraged when someone doesn't, you know, like you share something and no one reacts. It can be really discouraging because you you're putting yourself out there and and you don't get maybe you don't get enough people to read it or like no one says anything. Or sometimes, God forbid, someone says something like you need help, like you need to improve. It can be really disheartening when that happens. And I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to do with this whole, not only with Launchura, but with LSP. Like I wanted to give people this feeling that, oh, it's a, lear- it's a learning experience. Like no one starts off being great yeah. at anything. You have to improve. And that's kind of why, you know, I want people like you to, to come up because I mean I think that people who stick to it like you know you've been writing for so many months here and you you're still doing it and you're still trying to get better and improve and now that you're sharing all of those experiences with people like I think it's really it's it's in it's not only is it encouraging for you to of course you know get the validation that people get what I like uh, they like what I'm saying but I think it's really important for other young girls to be like, oh, you know, she feels the same way as us. She's not, she's insecure about it. Like she started off and she wasn't, you know, she wasn't totally sure of, of what people are going to think. I think that's a really important thing for people to see. Um, I love Jenny Han so much. I mean, she writes so well. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I knew what to answer. Colleen Hoover. Okay, who is she? She's a great writer. She's an American writer, I think. She writes about novels Mm -hmm. that is full of angst. The plot twists are really amazing and crazy, but it make you cry, it make you laugh, it make you fall in love. It's just just so amazing. And I think I totally loved her because she wrote a book recently about depression and about battered wives which is really nice because it is prevalent nowadays Mm -hmm. like the abuse the violence against women and depression of course Mm -hmm. it's really prevalent especially in people in my age the millennials yeah as what they call it they're really prone to depression that's why i love her because many people relate to what she's writing to her characters that she made up. She's mm-hmm. just simply amazing writer. She's very talented and she also writes based from her experiences. She's one of my inspiration every time I write my piece. So like describe your your usual day. I mean right now of course you're studying and you're going to college, but what are you doing to like how do you find inspiration? How do you stay creative? during during a normal day in your life? Um, 
most of the time at school, I'm at school. So mm-hmm. there are times that it's really stressful that sometimes you, all you, all you need to do is to just cry and accept the fact <laughs> that you are failing at this quiz, okay. that you're going to fail this subject. Right. But in between, of course, uh-huh. there's your family, there are your friends, there are these people, special people that kind of interact with you. And, and every day, of mm-hmm. course, you get to experience something from from that person or with your family or with your friends. And every time I feel, for example, if I have a problem with my friends, mm-hmm. like I feel like the kid didn't, they, they're having a hard time to understand what I'm feeling, um, especially when it's really stressful at school. You know, when you need just, when you need someone to comfort you, but they couldn't, they couldn't just get it. They couldn't sense that you need someone, that you need some confrontation, you need someone to tell you that it's going to be okay like that. Hmm. Most of the time, I just write my feelings off because, I don't know, it makes everything easier. It, it makes, I feeling lighter because mm-hmm. maybe because you you I get to express what I feel through writing. And I write better when yeah, when I'm experiencing too much emotion and I'm feeling too much. Mm-hmm. That's where I get creative. That's where I put onto words everything that I wanted to say. I get to relate it to anything that I could look that I, anything that I could see from that moment. Mm-hmm. Like example, if I see a chair, I could relate Everything what I'm feeling to a chair like that. <laughs> Sometimes I also think about that, like craving for something that you've never done, yeah. so that you could write about it because you think it's really fascinating or it's really interesting to write about that certain thing. Yeah. You know, curiosity. <laughs> Sometimes it's a good thing. Yeah, but do you, you came for it. Do you have you seen that happen where you kind of had this thought in the back of your head, like? I'm experiencing something, you know, you're experiencing something and it's not the best feeling, but the part of you is like, you know what, this is good writing material. Like, have you had that feeling? Yeah, I do. <laughs> isn't that a little... I forgot. Well, that a little when twisted? did I write that about? <laughs> like, don't you think it's a little weird that we do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe because if you just wanted to write about it, no matter how hard, how yeah. matter how weird it, it is, you just write about it because it makes it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like accomplished. Because if you're if you're curious about something, you just wanted, oh, how does it feel like if I do this? Mm-hmm. How does it feel like if I try to do this? It's it's fascinating. It's funny, but it's funny to behave in a way that you are not. But it's kind of really a It's like an accomplishment. Yeah. To try new things <laughs> because you're wondering about it, that you're curious about it. Yeah, like that. I think it's normal. It's not something dark. Okay, good. For other good. people, I think it's weird, but for me, it's it's normal because that, I think sometimes I do that also. <laughs> um, even after writing, like I've been writing since I was 19, and I've been doing Lonjora for almost mm-hmm. four years. And even throughout that time, there are still times where I feel weird about sharing a new feeling. Like what I just told you, that thing that you feel like, did that get too dark? Like that's something I still worry about. Like, is this, 
is this the point where people are going to start thinking I'm weird? You know, like as I think that is one thing that as a writer, I still keep on exploring. Like what is the limit of when do people start thinking that, okay, this, this there's something like wrong with this kid, you know? Yeah, I think I've known a lot of people. I've, I've talked to a lot. I mean, not just the same experience as yours, but I think it's just pretty normal. Yeah. I mean, all of us is a weird place. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, we do things that aren't normal for someone, but for other people, it's normal. Yeah. You don't get to please a lot of people, but I think in this world, there are people, the man who could understand you. <laughs> yeah, I think Lodger is a safe place. <laughs> feeling, people who could relate to what you're saying like that. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe that's why I made this place, so I would just feel safe about feeling all these things. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, of course, and then I want to make a place where everyone feels safe about whatever weird thing they feel. Isn't that, I think, the... Like, I, I just love the idea of why people get into sharing stories. Like, you... The reason I got into why I wanted to share stories with other people may be very different from why someone else does it. Do you think about that? Like, what you really, what you were looking for when you started thinking about about sharing things with other people of how you're thinking and, and what you're saying? And do you think that has, or do you think you've kind of realized now why you were really looking to share these stories? Actually, I just listened to what they're trying to share to me. I don't really ask them about, I mean, too personal, but sometimes I also ask them, especially if it's really obvious. If I'm really curious about it, I usually ask about that thing or about that person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, well, most of the times, they really share without hesitation because I think it just you just need someone to like ask you so that you could share something that you feel. Yeah. Because it's really embarrassing if you share out of the blue. So you tend to wait for people to ask you so that you could share. I think that is a very good point. Um, I think you're welcome here in the Philippines because there's something I'm proud to say about being a Filipino is that um, our culture, we are known for being hospitable. So every time there are there are tourists here in the country. Um, if they are if they are unfamiliar with the place, we tend to talk to them. We ask them about their life, um, from what country they originated from. Yeah. We ask them how they're doing. But we're not doing that for the sake of formality. We're doing it because we're interested. Because you don't get to interact with foreign people in your yeah. country because it's really fascinating. It's really amazing to see people who visit your country because they wanted to know more about what's happening in your yeah. country. So far, I think you, I think we probably featured three or four people from the Philippines. It's really fascinating. Yeah, I also know this thing. Is that something... I don't know, maybe because Filipinos are known for being resilient. Maybe yeah. that's why resilient people tend to write more because they couldn't express it like verbally. So they, right. they do it in another medium, like, <laughs> for example, writing. Is that something like so when you were growing up was was 
is this something you noticed like right away that that people were people were sharing all this stuff but not not in person but but through other forms yeah so, and, and, and you, you grew up with like you grew up with the school where you were learning english right away how did how was that actually English is much used here in the Philippines, more than the Filipino language. Okay. Like, you can see a lot of Filipinos who speak more of the English yeah. language, more than our our own language. But right. I think it's it's normal. It's normal to see Filipinos who are fluent in speaking English because it's, it's like the second language that we have here yeah. in the Philippines. It's the universal language, so you need to really learn about it. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe because we are we were once colonized by the Americans. Maybe we've developed some of their culture. Yeah. Some of their attitudes. Maybe that's why we are really interested in the American culture. I can relate to that. We were colonized by the British. And yeah. we we definitely took a lot of their culture, not 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 just the good ones, but like all the bad stuff too. <laughs> the same. The I mean that when I remember that as I was growing up, the one thing that you would see, like actually, I grew up with more of the American. Like by the time I was growing up, like I grew up in the nineties, and. It was completely, we were all fascinated with American culture by then. Because MTV was coming, and all the movies were coming, and all the TV shows were coming. And we weren't getting anything on time. Like, my favorite show was The Simpsons, and I just found out years later that I was seeing episodes from, like, years ago. That, you know, like, people in America were seeing... Yeah season, maybe season, you know, 12, and I was seeing season five. So I was always off, but but I learned everything from from what American culture kind of, you know, whatever people were sending over here and whatever TV shows were coming. And that completely informed what kind of writer I wanted to be. I realized that, you know, later, but because I always wanted to write a movie that I could relate to. You know, like I still want to okay. write a movie one yeah. day just because I just grew up around so many, so many comedies and so much, so much sci-fi that I was like, you know what? I'm going to write yeah. one of those one day. And it was only because I was just drawn to it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to see that movie, if ever. Oh, I hope so. I, I hope that we can start like a launch or a films. Because I, I hope we're, because I really want to get into, <laughs> no, I'm, no, seriously, I think that. I think it's impossible, maybe years, yeah. years from now, we can have it. Oh, it's def it's definitely happening. Like, I'm, I'm very, I'm a very optimistic, positive person. It's definitely going to happen. I just don't know how, I just don't know how. <laughs> I think that. If ever that will happen, I think you will get a lot of people from the Philippines who get to join that really <laughs> that segment because there are a lot yes there are a lot of Filipinos who are good at filmmaking really so there's just so many good yeah 
So if I were to add like a, if I were to add short, like maybe like, I mean, cause I'm always thinking of what to, what to do next with Launcher, like what to add next. I'm really interested in figuring out a way to do like short films and short series. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You should push it. You should push it because if you push it, you would see how people from all over the world create their own short film. Yeah. Especially when it's it's about their country, you would know more about their culture. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Okay. That sounds good. I think we could do I think we could definitely do that. Make make I think it would be fun if it was a collaborative thing. If a bunch of people from the community were like, okay, you know what? Let's let's all get together and and we'll make one together. Like one guy, one person does the editing yeah. and one person is like, okay, I'm going to film this part here and you film this part in your country and we just like work on it together. Or you could have like, we could have a series and they're all from different people. Like every episode is a different person. I think that could be fun. I think. Yeah, that would be nice. I think, see, and then now we're going to have this episode to come back to, to see how it all started. And I'll be like, I kind of have <laughs> you to thank for that. Oh. <laughs> how would, actually, I don't think I, we talked about your name, like your real name is, is it Maria or is it Lords? Like, how do you pronounce that part? Actually, my real name is Maria Lourdes. Lourdes. It is derived from, yeah. It is okay. derived from Our Lady of Lourdes. It's, um, she's like the mother figure of Jesus in our, in our religion here in the Philippines, which is Roman Catholic. Okay. So basically, she's like a saint. Yeah. She's like a holy figure. Yeah, that's it. So, and, and is, what does Lourdes mean? Lourdes. Actually, it's, it goes to say it goes together like Maria Lourdes. Okay, Lourdes okay, is really the yeah. right. And so, what do Maria people call is you? just derived from my aunt's name because my two aunts were like two Marias. Okay. I think Maria is. I think it was origin originated from the Spaniards because we were also colonized by Spaniards for about three hundred years. So oh, we get it? to have <laughs> some of their yeah. <laughs> we get to have some of their culture with us till now. So the the Roman Catholic cult like religion that came from the Spanish people. Yeah. Wow. You know that's that's one thing I was always fascinated by like when the British colonized India we barely took any of their religious stuff. Because we already had like such like but except like kind of there's this there's this one place in India I mean, we do have a lot yeah. of Christians, but this one place in India was run was ruled by the Portuguese till like the seventies. And if you go oh. there, if that place is like completely Christian, and it's fascinating to like just you know travel like two hours away, well two hours by flight, and to see a completely different culture. Like the houses look different, the people talk different. Obviously, we have a like just a different culture altogether. Just because it was ruled by a different country. It's. I, I was just about to say that it's funny how colonialization um, 
gives you like a positive thing, but also a negative. Oh yeah. But yeah. Of all of all effects of the colonializations of other culture, I think it's more on the positive side. Because you've got to develop a lot from what they from what they have from their country yeah. and then it transferred here. I think that's yeah, yeah that's, that's just it. I think it's a no, I think it's a good point. It's a very um I like to think that I like to think it's it has to do with people who just who are just hopeful and they believe in in a, a better future. I think that obviously, you know, you and I can't do anything about the years of colonizations that our countries went through. Like there's no way we can change the past. So maybe yes. and maybe this is a thing with millennials for sure. I think millennials are just more optimistic about uh, what they've been like. There's also this feeling of, okay, well, we've been dealt like shitty cards because of all the things we took yes. over from the previous generations. And there's this hopelessness in that regard. Mm -hmm. And there's that loneliness of feeling like no one mm -hmm. understands us. But then there's also that like, okay, so what are we going to do about it? We're, we kind of are... In that way, I think millennials are kind of the most creative people out there because you take something like that and you're like, you know what, I'm going to take the best out of that situation and I'm going to try to not see it as a, as, mm -hmm. as a, as a wrong thing, but as a, as a positive thing. And like a challenge. Yeah. Do you think that, do you think that we would... You think that you personally, because okay, so I I was, I was fifteen when when Facebook came out, I think, so I kind of had a good fifteen years of my life without social media existing. Is that something that you, like, how do you feel about being kind of being born into social media? Because if I was fifteen, then you were, you were three when Facebook came out, right? Something like that. Actually, I get to experience. Like the life of being a kid outside the home, yeah. outside, you know, the gadget stuff, outside the social media. I get to experience that. So I'm really thankful that as a millennial, I got to experience that first before having this new trend, this new thing that's going on, the social yeah. media, the gadget, the electronics and all that. But I think it's, I think it's part of metamorphosis. It's part of the change. It really happens naturally. You know, you just need to, like, enjoy every bit of it because nothing that we have right now stays the same forever. It's really mm -hmm. changing. It develops each year. It develops as time goes by. And and why was why do you think that was, that you kind of, you were able to have a life outside of all this? Was it because of, like, your parents and how you were brought up? I think it's because of our culture. Okay. Like it's still it's still practiced before no, until now it's practiced sometimes in events. We usually bring back the things that um other people used to do before. Um okay. the old age people, like their what their grandmothers and their grandfathers used to do before. It's mm -hmm. It's like we keep recalling the past because it's part of our culture yeah. to experience the same thing over again as a sign of like respect for 
the culture itself. Do you feel this, uh, like, I, I think, I mean, we, we kind of touched upon it a little bit, you know, like, I really like to think that I, I, I love the fact that there's people from all over the world using lingerie because it kind of makes it, kind of makes people find common things rather than differences. Like, this is what we have in common. We're all going through similar things. You know, you're writing about things that any any girl or any guy all over the world could find something to relate, relate to. to. But do you also think that uh, in this in this day and age that there's also a reason for you to try to share stories that represent your culture as well because you want to keep it alive? I really can't promise, <laughs> but I'll try. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just curious. Right. Do you do you feel do you do you did you ever feel like you know what I I want to tell maybe you? maybe yeah. okay maybe I write about how resilient Filipinos are. Maybe I write more of our attitude. Yeah, because it's something that I'm really proud of. You and know, I think to people show would to love people. to know more. Yeah, I think people would like that more about our culture. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, also just, just in general. Yeah, because it's one thing that, like, I, have you ever, I I apologize for not knowing the answer to this, but have you tried writing fiction as well? I've tried, but I think okay. I, I don't have a future for writing fictional stories. <laughs> and why, why do you think that? Maybe it's not, I'm not just into it, because I used to write fiction, but it never, you know, it never really prospered. Okay. Maybe because I'm not really good about it, or maybe I'm just claiming that I'm not good about it, but maybe I could progress. Yeah. It's just that I do the fact that I could progress here. Let's jump into another. Maybe this time it's it's much better than the fiction, yeah. yeah, which is poetry. I think for me, poetry is better than writing fiction, but that's for me because I think I tend to express more of myself, more of what I feel mm-hmm. through poems. Rather than creating characters, rather than creating plot twists. Yeah. But actually, I, I write also. I write also that, not just really frequent. <laughs> yeah. I, not I, really that much. But I, I, I feel, try. I feel the other way because I, I, I don't write poetry because I, I'm better. Like it's easier for me to write fiction. You are more like a fiction. Yeah. Yeah, because I just can't like I, I just can't do poetry. I don't know. It's not some because it's probably because I haven't really tried. I wanted to talk a little bit about a little bit about your listen story uh, because when okay. I heard it, I was it was it wasn't what I was expecting, and I mean that in a good way. I I was very moved. Uh, not I think it was just the way you were because I'd read the story before. And I was interested to see yes. how you would do it, but you know, I had no idea that you were you were someone who mm-hmm. you wrote it as a spoken word thing. And so when I heard it, yeah. I was like, "Is she even taking a, a, a second to breathe?" You know, I was worried <laughs> because <laughs> you were so into it. You know, you were like, "Did you feel that when you finished that piece that you really gave it like you gave it more than just the words?" Actually, wait. Actually, when I was just starting 
when I was when I just discovered spoken word poetry, it's really hard to do it. It's really hard to perform it because in order for you to like move your audience, make them listen to you, you should create an impression while you perform it. That's why when 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 I was watching other spoken word artists performances, hmm. they're far like you would think that they are not breathing anymore yeah. <laughs> because they talk yeah. so fast. They're like full of emotions. They're like gasping. Yeah. And I think that was normal. <laughs> when I learned my craft, yeah. I realized that it was just normal. When I when I recorded and the girl was hurting, actually I did like a slow mo. That was the slow version. <laughs> because if you recite it, yes. Because you should when you perform it in the spoken words, in the typical spoken word poetry way. You should like be gasping and like you were full of emotions. You yeah. should just, you know, you're shouting about it. But since not all people could relate from spoken words, um, I just did like something that they could relate to, something they could actually understand the first time they hear it. Yeah, I think that's very important. Because, because most of yeah. the time, yeah. Because most of the time when spoken word artists perform their pieces, you couldn't really understand it at first performance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you watch it on videos, you could repeat it like twice or thrice before you actually understand some words because it's too fast. That you feel like they're they're always gasping, they're always like they, <laughs> you don't like read anymore like that. Uh, one thing that I okay. wanted to get an idea about so that you know people can also get a little insight. You kind of shared this a little bit with your guide. I think you talked about. Uh, you talked about using your different stories about how you started them and how you chose those words and how you do uh, you use research to what you want to say to convey a certain message. Uh, okay. Yeah. What? But what I'm what I'm really curious about is when you when you sit down and you are sitting in front of your your laptop computer your phone. What is really going through your head when you're when you're typing this stuff out? Like, how do you feel? How are you concentrating? Are you? Do you think you're fully in control, or is there something else typing for you? Like, what's what's that stuff like for you? Actually, when I write those kinds of lines, like. When you start from a fact, then you will relate it to actually what you feel. Yeah. When I, when I do that, I think of something that I could relate my feelings to. Like, I would think of something, for example, if I'm writing about heartbreak, I would think of something that I could relate with, for example, the beating of my heart. Yeah. So I would look, So I, as a medical student, I have notes for that. <laughs> um, I've studied about that, so I would yeah. something that would that I could give my readers a fact, so that they would be more interested. They would cling more to what I'm saying because there's a fun fact there. If oh, if, if your readers will see something like a heart beats for a hundred thousand times every day, like that, they would like, oh my god, the heart really beats like this, <laughs> like that. They would be more interested yeah, yeah. to what you're saying. So what I usually do if I write about heartbreaks, I usually look for facts, yeah. specifically medical, about medical stuff, and I try to relate it with what I feel. Like there, there's this term called arrhythmia. Arrhythmia yeah. is the abnormal beating of the heart, and 
naturally, people experience arrhythmia. You know, when you see someone that you like, you know, there's like a normal beating. Yeah. And actually, you can die from that. But isn't that what you can there's die. A, isn't that, that when you skip a heartbeat? Isn't there something like that? Yeah, yeah. 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 I think I wrote that as my guide, yeah. <laughs> okay. And is that some so that's very interesting to know because I would I would assume people are just making up those facts, but it's good to know that you're you're doing no, you're, it, you're speaking the <laughs> truth. Those are real. Yeah. Those are real things. But what about like let's say you're like are you working on anything right now? Is there something that you're like trying to write? I am actually trying to write something for my friends. Okay. But I haven't finished it yet. I've already started it, but I'm not really contented with with the with the craft that I'm doing right now. So maybe I wouldn't finish it or I would think of something that would yeah. make it more fancy. Yeah. Would make it more emotional so that she could really relate from it and she could like reflect on what would I write. So I'm going to be writing for her. So I will make sure that it will be something memorable, something that would struck her. Yeah. Is that something? So, I mean, usually this happens where, I mean, of course you're writing and all these strangers are telling you how what they think and how they feel. But how does it feel like when someone you know, kind of, you know, they tell you how they feel like, so you wrote, you're writing this one for your friend. You mentioned that you wrote the, to the girl who's hurting for a friend like how does it feel when they when they tell you when they read your stuff what do they say and how do you feel actually they don't say anything i just feel it because i'm a type of person that is really understanding and sensitive at the same time so you know even they don't speak to me even if they don't share like yeah. i will feel it if they feel sad if they have something going on in their mind i just know it so, so when I wrote to the girl who's hurting, I just imagine myself in her own position, in her own shoes. Yeah. What if, if I was that girl, what would I say to those other girls who are hurting? Yeah. So I kind of based her experience, the feelings that she somehow felt that moment. And then I tried to put that on me. Mm-hmm. I tried to put myself on her shoes and imagine what would happen is that if I was the one who was feeling it. And that's how I usually get the idea when I write, putting myself into other people's shoes, thinking of what ifs, what would have been the possible things that would happen if I get to experience this, if it happened to me like that. Mm-hmm. Is it, how do you feel when you, when you're done and you, you know, press, press publish? Like, how does it feel when you're like done with something? I feel happy. I feel accomplished. Like, there are a lot of people who write, but they don't finish it. Like me. There is somehow, I have a lot of pending work, but (laughs) I usually just, I usually start them, but I don't really get to finish them <laughs> because sometimes I I forget. Hello. I, 
on my bird, but I forgot to finish it. The idea was that I first thought of from the very first moment I wrote that, it was all gone. So everything is disregarded. Maybe other time, but I feel like writing about it again. Yeah. Like I told you, you know, there's a lot of, you've seen, because you're, you're on the community, mm-hmm. there's a lot of young girls mm-hmm. who, who use this platform. And I, I want to know how you feel if there was a younger version of you listening to this or as there are already and you're already, you know, you're talking to them through your stories. But is there, if there was a message that you could give to someone like you who's, you know, 14, 15 right now, listening to this, what would you want them to know? Probably I I wrote this to my guide or any of my stories, but I wanted to reach out for those girls like me, maybe the younger version of me. Um, you need to accept the fact that the universe is cruel, but even though the how cruel the world is, universe is, you just need to accept the fact that it happens naturally, that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Whatever you are experiencing right now, it doesn't stay like that. It will progress. It will go on. It will fade. You will get to experience more beautiful things in the future. You're not the representation of your mistakes. You will always progress. You will always heal. You will always find a way to develop more, to be more, to be a better version of yourself. And I just wanted also to say that if you wanted, if you love something, pursue it because you would take a lot of time regretting it if you haven't done it now. And that's all. Thank you for listening to episode 14 of Story Talking. Next week, my guest will be Daria Golab, who is the newest artist that we're featuring here on Lingerie. And she, we're going to, the episode, we're going to talk about how she creates all the artwork that she does. And if you haven't already, do check out last week's episode with Kit Nadaro.